Well, uh, we survived 2020. Mm, I'd say barely. I mean, it's been quite the year, what with this onset and really ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. And then, of course, the resulting closure of all the movie theaters all over the world. 2020 has been an incredibly challenging yet weird year for film. You know, we saw the doing away of the flashy premieres and the glamorous red carpets that, you know, really got the buzz going for those huge, star-studded, like, heavy-financed movies. Uh, In their place, we saw movies who, let's be honest, never would have the advertising budget of those flashy movies really rise to places like the... Netflix's top 10 of the week list, which was super surprising. Mm, Yeah, and multiple foreign films and like those smaller independent films are finally getting an audience that they justly deserve. I feel as though this direct-to-streaming has really leveled the playing field uh, in a huge way and is allowing a much broader range of audiences to view these films that might have just been stuck at either specialty theaters or film festivals only. Well, not only that, but in the midst of the Black Lives Matter movement and hashtag Me Too, you know, we've seen this outpouring of queer films, films representing a variety of people of color and um, different ethnicities. And it's not just, you know, a movie that has, let's say, Black people in it, but it also has their culture, their words, and everything's kind of on their terms. You know, a friend told me uh, how amazing The Last Black Man in San Francisco was. Mm. And I was like, um, I know, I saw it at Sundance. We reviewed it. Like, I told you to listen to the review. <laughs> um, and then my friend Brad told me how brilliant this Dutch film was. It's called The Guilty. And we saw that at Sundance also. And he had remembered that I had screened it. And so he gave it a chance just because, on a hunch, Hulu picked it up last year so or this year. So, you know, like, it, it's these things are getting to audiences and it's really refreshing. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I mean, I hope this is one thing that we can continue to see as we move forward. And because now people are able to experience so much film at home, all these streaming sites like Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, HBO Max, Apple TV, all of them, they're having to reach further and deeper to find these little nuggets of stories Uh, and that's why i think we see a lot of these smaller slash international films you know rise to the top also like first-time film directors they're getting a well-deserved glance you know it's really a great time for film if not a little bit scary but you know changing the paradigm of you know how we experience the movies you know it's probably a long time in coming Completely. And, you know, even with that said, with having a little pesky pandemic out there, we also saw huge films released this year. Mulan, The Lovebirds, Birds of Prey, The Invisible Man, and of course, Wonder Woman 1984, which we're talking about today. Yes, and Gal Gadot is back to reprise her role as Wonder Woman, aka Diana Prince. 
Cheese Tuesday. I'm Kaylee. Sit back, grab your 80s themed drink because this is whiskey and popcorn. Nineteen eighty four not only brings back Gal Gadot, but also writer director Patty Jenkins. This is a sequel to the smash hit twenty seventeen Wonder Woman, and we've already heard that studios are picking up a third film, which will round out a beautiful trilogy for Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And as far as a synopsis, I'm going to try and keep it as spoiler free as possible. So I'm ripping it completely off the internet. I believe it was the Rotten <laughs> Tomatoes. Thanks, Internet. (laughs) But this won't give away uh, too much of what the plot points are, I think. Uh, So here we go. Diana Prince lives quietly among mortals in a vibrant, sleek 1980s, an era of excess driven by the pursuit of having it all. Though she's come into her full powers, she maintains a low profile by curating ancient artifacts and only performing heroic acts incognito. But soon, Diana will have to muster all of her strength, wisdom, and courage as she finds herself squaring off against Maxwell Lord and the Cheetah a villainess who possesses superhuman strength and agility. How was that, Tuesday? Wow, that was definitely off the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe maybe the trailer could do better justice here. Take a listen. My life hasn't been what you probably think it has. We all have our struggles. Have you ever been in love? A long, long time ago. You? So many times. Yeah, all the time. (laughs) So, should we start on the things we like, maybe? Yeah, I enjoyed all the performances. I think they were really strong. And I love the, the layers that are in this film that are not obvious right up front, I think. And it seems to me that a lot of our fellow film critics are missing slash ignoring but we could kind of dig into that a little bit later um you know i love how they brought in the concepts of her invisible jet if you will uh she finally gets the superpower to fly also kristen wig is in this film and she's fantastic and pedro pascal who we know and love from the mandalorian he plays maxwell lord also does a wonderful job with his character. In fact, I didn't quite recognize him at first because he's got, I don't know if he dyed his hair or he's wearing like a blonde wig, but uh, I didn't quite put two and two together uh, right off the bat. Also, like you never see his face in Mandalorian. So, you know, that also is something. That makes it harder to kind of uh, catch him. (laughs) But that's kind of like the surface level stuff that I enjoyed in this film. But what about you? Uh, Yeah, you know... The hardest thing is, is there was a lot on Jenkins' shoulders as far as this film was, because let's be honest, I have a very low threshold for entertainment on DC films or comic book films in general, but... 
the 2017 Wonder Woman was probably one of the best DC films that they've ever made. And I don't even think our male counterparts can really disagree on that. It was fantastically done. Of course, we loved it because there was some badass women, power forces, and it was new and it was interesting. And it didn't necessarily follow all of like the typical comic book tropes as far as storyline. And, and it was just amazing. So there was a lot of people, I think, including us coming into this film, really exciting and expecting a lot. Mm. And that is not a easy place to be um, for any writer or director. Um, She did have a lot of hands involved with this one. So she might not have necessarily gotten exactly the direction she wanted all the time, but you know, it, it just, for the most part fell flat for me. I can say, I agree with you on the things that I think went well. Wig and Pascal are amazing. Um, (laughs) They, especially Kristen Wiig because you know she starts off very like SNL character like I'm a goofy nerd and da 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 but to watch her character development throughout the film was brilliant because it it, she had some acting prowess that I don't think she's been allowed to convey yet Mm -hmm. in the movies and shows that she has done and she's kind of proving herself to not only be a comedic actress, which I appreciated. Uh, For the most part, I can tell you that I really enjoyed the first half. And I think that the first half was done really well, including, we'll tell you that we do kind of get like a tidbit into Diana's like childhood in the first like 10, 15 minutes. And it's really badass. And even though it's like more of an action scene, it's like really, really well done. And I thought it was amazing. But you know, it's like, we kind of go from this World War One situation. And then it's like, boom, now we're in the 80s. And did stuff happen in between? I mean, like it was just like a weird time jump. And then the second half, as you know, is just, you know, all action and fighting, which tends to just lose me at some point. But the first half of a lot of action films, I really enjoy because that's when you get character development and you get real plot. And so I feel like in my time of reviewing films, I've realized that I really like the first half of action films <laughs> and um, Wonder Woman 1984 is no different. Mm. Yeah, you like all the, the setup, but then the conclusion climax where everybody flies at each other in crazy rage. Or yeah, when it's like 45 minutes of just fighting, I'm like, okay, I know you guys spent a lot of money on this and you probably crashed like millions of dollars of cars or whatever, but like, <laughs> I'm done. Like, I'm good. <laughs> well, you know, I, I am actually a sucker for a good action scene. I could just totally like sink my teeth into it, but it has to be well done and engaging. And I think that's the skill there. So kind of going back to what you said about the at the beginning where we see a little bit of Diana as a young girl that action sequence was so well put together so well paced but also I think to a point where like it didn't feel over the top even though yeah there were certain aspects of course like this little girl could not be doing the sort of acrobatic athletic things that we're seeing but it, it it worked for the character. And I really liked seeing the the Amazonians island again, uh, Theramaskia, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and 
I liked seeing Robin write again, you know, as Antiope. She was great. And then Connie Nielsen as Hippolyta, just wonderful. And you're right, when we jumped to the 80s, that didn't necessarily bother me so much, but I am just like not a fan of the 80s as some people are. I feel like it really appeals to the generation before us, like the Gen Xers. And then strangely, like some of the generations after us, more like these um, up and coming, what are they called now? Gen Zs? (laughs) Yeah, I like to call them iGens because they've never been without like technology. (laughs) Yeah. So. So I feel like, because I've noticed in like fashions and in, in makeup and things that are like cool again are like fanny packs. Like, ugh, barf, no. <laughs> Those should not come back. But we do see them in Wonder Woman. So, you know, that makes it kind of fun. It, it very much puts you in a time and a place. But speaking of the costuming, it wasn't over the top 80s. Wonder Woman's shoulder pads on her jackets were not the beefy 80s shoulder pads that I would have expected. Right, right. Yeah, it. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I love some nostalgia, even 80s, because I have an older brother. So I got a lot of really good like hand me down 80s uh, life in me. But it, I just don't think it was particularly done well in this film. I absolutely love things like Ready Player One. There was so much throwback in that. And even you could say Toy Story 4 because they really (laughs) catered to like the young kids because they brought back like our flying fairies and things like that that we had as kids. But like nostalgia can be done and it'd be done really well. But this was just a lot of like, let's go to this cool mall and let's buy parachute pants. (laughs) And like it almost came off as like campy. Well, okay, in defense of the mall scene, I actually really liked the mall scene. I liked being reminded of all the stores that are no longer with us. <laughs> I mean, rest in peace, Metro Center. That's oh, I do. Uh, I do miss the mall. <laughs> but, but, you know, like, that was a huge part of my childhood. I think for many of us who grew up in Phoenix, where it's just too freaking hot to play outside, you went to the mall. Yeah. Like, I think... A lot more than maybe some other places. So our mall mall culture is just ingrained in us. So I don't know. I kind of I like that scene, even if you think it felt a little forced and campy. But I was like, yeah, malls. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know. I I worry that this film fell into the typical comic book movie where we have good versus evil we have greed you know versus togetherness and it was very much that it was you know we're bringing back wonder woman she's awesome in case you forgot and there's this evil person and they're gonna get eviler and then we're gonna defeat them like done it and like it it definitely falls back into that where i feel i feel like the 2017 wonder woman didn't mm, yeah and i could see that on the surface and I, and i understand where maybe some of the uh meh factors coming in for some people who've seen the movie but i really think that there are some layers worth actually uh, peeling back there's a lot of psychological undertones in this film that i don't think are overt enough that you would catch them right off the bat but this idea of wanting to improve yourself and getting what you need to be 
better or you know at a basic level just getting what you want because that's like the whole theme of this movie is you know fulfilling wishes and what is it that you want and what might start off potentially as maybe something good uh, ends up being very selfish and we see the self-destructive nature of people's desires and wants a case of point Kristen Wiig's character she's like this frumpy geeky nobody liked her unpopular girl who grew up to be a geologist and like she's wicked smart but she envies Diana because she's beautiful and smart and strong like all the things she's not and she flippantly wishes that she could be like Diana and the wish comes true, but then that totally changes who she is. And that happens to a lot of people in the film. Diana gets her wish, which this is not much of a spoiler since he shows up in the, the trailer, but Chris Pine reprises his role as Steve Trevor. And Diana is just like, oh my gosh, I don't want to give you up again. And then Maxwell Lord, like, He's kind of the root of all the problems here. He is also just like selfish, selfish. It's about me. It's about me. So I like this idea where the film had to take this. You have to be unselfish and think about others and release your anger, your hatred, uh, your greed to come back uh, because Maxwell Lord kind of gets a redemption at the end. And I know we've seen that in other movies and other superhero stories. Sure. This kind of the sympathetic redeemable villain, but I don't know. It just kind of struck me in this one a little bit more, maybe because it's wonder woman, maybe because it's DC and I just like DC more than Marvel where we will always disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I always grew up like Batman is still my favorite superhero. It always has been. Uh, not that I need any more Batman movies. Word is on the street that we're going to be getting a crap ton more of DC. <laughs> oh, movies. I saw. I saw. I'm not sure I'm ready for that. No. But, um, you know, I, I like DC. I can't finish out this review without having a Bechtel-like conversation. Mm. So can we talk about the fact that Gal Gadot, a.k.a. Diana Prince, is a badass bitch, right? She is strong. She is independent. She is fierce. She's personable, intelligent. Like, can we talk about the fact that what's World War One to now, like, to 80s, like, 80 years of continually thinking about Steve Trevor. Can we talk about the fact that like she could have anyone in the entire world and this chick is still stressing about her old husband. I get it. Like that was your boo and everything, but like, I feel like she could have moved on and it also would have not made her seem weaker Mm. as, as a superhero. Well, yeah, I, we get to see a lot of weakness in Diana in this film, which I think you actually needed though, because like the, the cheesy synopsis says like, she's got her full powers. She's not needing to grow into them anymore. So how do you make her character have some sort of arc? And so, yeah, I get it. She should move on. In fact, Steve Trevor says you know you could have any guy in the world like you need to let me go kind mm-hmm. of thing like why are you still hung up on me? he basically says that to her and i don't know i i have a hard time picking that one apart because i'm like 
I've never had a true love like that, so who am I to judge? Uh, but I also wonder, and maybe this is in the comic books, but Diana, she's not human. You know, she's, I believe, immortal. I, is she a goddess? I'm not quite sure. So maybe all those years from World War One to the 80s feels like a blip in time. That's like, true. She just, you know, close her eyes and she's back with Steve Trevor. I, who knows? I feel like that's something else that you can really unpack. But I think it worked for me. I'm not mad about it. Uh, I will say I love Chris Pine bringing the comedic relief with his uh, having fun trying on 80s clothes montage. <laughs> was- and, and seeing real airplanes for the first time and, and having espressos and all this crazy stuff. <laughs> I love the fact how he like definitely picks up like the worst outfits and thinks that they're legit and then Diana's like, no way, we could do better than that. And then he doesn't like what she picks up for him. It's just so cute and delightful. Like, it's something that we would have wanted to have seen. So, yeah, I think on the whole, I am not mad about this film. I enjoyed it. Would I watch it again? Sure. But I would much rather watch the first Wonder Woman. Agreed. You know, I... I will absolutely say that the first one was amazing. This one, I will consider a blip in the trilogy. And... Not only because I like to see things through, but also we have a movie review podcast, so we have to do blockbusters. I will be seeing the third film, but I just... Don't sound so about it, Tuesday. But, you know, I, I have hope that they'll be able to finish out strong with it. You know, there's been plenty of trilogies in the past where there's always one that just doesn't quite hype up and maybe that's this i just i don't think they're not going to still make millions and millions of dollars on the third one so you know maybe. we'll <laughs> maybe this is the uh, trilogy's two towers I think right <laughs> sorry i'm so negative um but yes like i i mean we'll see where it goes well, on that note, I think we got to wrap this up with a couple of drinks. And I know we went 80s themed because why not? And because, well, duh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, would you like me to start? Yes. What are you going to pour for yourself? Oh, I am going way 80s. I'm talking the liquid mascot of excess of the (laughs) 80s. I am going with an Alabama slammer. Oh my gosh. I know. It's, It's like mixed hypersweet drinks with some mixed tapes man i am so excited for this if uh you are on the younger side or you are not a booze hound uh an alabama slammer southern comfort i know i'm sorry armoretto uh some gin uh usually it's like a sweet red liqueur like slow gin and just a little hit of oj you know to get your vitamins in there uh, it's, uh, it's kind of neon, very checker print. Um, I feel like you could probably be sitting next to a parrot while you had it. Mm. You know, I feel like the, all you need to do is just, you know, crack a couple of, you know, eggs in there and then you'd be like, yeah, this is my morning juice. 
I mean, would you even be mad? Come on. Oh my gosh, Southern Comfort is so nasty. I'm sorry, that's a hard no from me. All right, we'll try to one up me then. Oh, uh, I, I have it. I'm going with the B52 all the way. Ooh. Love me some layered shot shit, man. <laughs> Oh my gosh. You know, it's it's a combination of Kahlua coffee liqueur, Bailey's Irish cream, which is always a winner in my book, and then some sort of like orange triple sec, like Contro was huge in the 80s. I think it's probably still pretty popular, although I just have the cheap stuff in my cabinet, <laughs> let's be real. So you have some orange pucker there? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, B-52, man, like, what more do you need? Give me a couple of those and I'll be happy. You you keep your slammer vomit juice. <laughs> I know you do love your little hot toddies and Baileys and I don't know. I like to eat my dessert, not drink it, but we will always disagree on that as well. Well, you know, this is why we get along so well. We will <laughs> never go after the same thing. We can just have our own thing. And as Kaylee previously stated, she's never had a true love, so we're also taking applications for that. <laughs> so, Actually, if you... that's true. <laughs> so, if you'd like to track her progress, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see everything that we are up to. <laughs> I don't know, honey, I'm still stuck on my <laughs> not having a true love. <laughs> oh, man. Well, make sure you bookmark our website. That's whiskeyandpopcorn.org. And if you haven't subscribed to us yet, then what are you doing with your life? Hit that subscribe button. We're on all your favorite podcasting sites, including iTunes. Well, I'm wrapping this up Tuesday. <laughs> Thank she's, you. Not, she's done with me, guys. I am so done with you. And in case you don't know, that's Tuesday and I'm Kaylee. This has been Whiskey and Popcorn with Wonder Woman 1984. We'll catch you on the flip side. 